What We Need in These Last Days, Part 2. This is the central thought of this episode of Gleanings from the Bible, a weekly podcast sharing nuggets of truth from the Word of God. And now here is your host, author and retired pastor, Dr. Fred Schindler. Well, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm again thinking uh, about the scriptures in 2 Timothy, the third chapter, and uh, about the last days. And I thought I'd just spend a few minutes with you about that. Uh, it's, it's all about the last days, the perilous days. He said, this know also in the last days, perilous times shall come. And I don't know of any Bible-believing preacher or Bible-believing uh, Christian right now doesn't believe that these are the would deny that these are the last days. Dreamers, just uh, disobedient to their parents, and unthankful and unholy, without natural affection, uh, uh, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, high-minded are heady and high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having the form of God in us, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. And uh, so that's a pretty pretty um, clear and understandable condition of society in our world today. And uh, God calls us the last days. So that, that means that He's coming soon. And I thought, I, I thought I'd just share a few more things about uh, this matter of the importance of uh, the last days and our proper attitude, biblical attitude towards them, because there's no doubt about it, Jesus is coming again, and uh, we believe that that could come at any second, the rapture will come, and then the great tribulation period, and so on. And we need to keep our eyes on the clock. We need to keep our eyes on the fact that Jesus is coming again. And uh, I know I've been saved for 61 years, and uh, our 60 years, I guess, saved July 2nd, 1961. So I've been saved a long time, and I was taught right from the get-go that Jesus was coming soon and to expect him at any minute. And so all these 60 years, I've been waiting on the coming. I don't, I don't believe less in the fact he's coming. I just believe he's coming. I can look out and see this world, and I can see how it matches with the scriptures here in Second Timothy. Now, so it's kind of looking through a veil, you know. If I look out into the world and look at what's happening, it's like looking through a screen or a, a window or something, uh, and uh, that's the only barrier between me and the tribulation period. I look out there and I see one world church, I see the Antichrist, and now with this matter, the uh, government trying to make us, mandate to us that we have to take these uh, these um, uh, vaccinations, or else we're we're you know we're going to be in deep trouble. And he mandated it. That's what the Antichrist is going to. Antichrist is going to say, if you don't get take my mark, you're not going to work. You're not going to buy food. You're not going to have a job. You're you're gonna you're gonna do what we say, or else you're going to starve to death, or we're going to cut your head off. So I'm telling you, things are looking serious, and so we got to keep our our eyes on the clock. Keep, keep, keep our minds clear that Jesus is coming soon, and um, then of course we believe that we need to get our loved ones saved. When I first got saved, I was the only Christian, born again Christian, on my side of the family, and my wife was the only uh, born again Christian on her side of the family, except for one cousin 
who was a teenager, and she was saved, and she loved the Lord. But I don't even know that I had a cousin or second cousin, and uh, she she didn't have any family at all, and nobody saved. And that was back in July of 1961. And uh, what we began to get concerned about our parents, our, our parents and our loved ones and our neighbors too, because uh, we believed that they needed to be saved. When uh, when when I left Michigan, where I was born and raised, and where I lived my life, in the first part of my Christian experience, uh, <coughs> I uh, I was trying to win the, my loved ones to Christ, and uh, and when I, when we left in 79 to come to the east coast to pastor church there was 28 on my side of the family and 29 on my wife's side of the family had gotten saved gotten born again were in church serving the lord and uh, so we we praise the lord that god was merciful and god helped us and we were able to see and it was a wonderful thing about it too just kind of side note i was a, i was a pastor so i got to be their pastor like i pastored a lot of my family and so on, and uh, but you, you, we need to get burdened. The Lord's coming soon, and according to Second Thessalonians, second chapter, that if my if we have loved ones who have heard the gospel and have rejected Christ, that when when uh, they uh, get an opportunity to be saved, they won't get saved, and if the rapture comes, they can't get saved. Uh, so uh, we, we we need to be praying for them, praying as. Because now is when the Holy Spirit is working and dealing with them and drawing them and convicting them and so on of their need of Christ. So uh, we need in these last days to, to remember that Jesus is coming any moment and that we need to re- realize that our family needs to be saved. And uh, then a third reason I thought about that we need in, uh, in our lives today is to remember that God's still in control. God is God. He's not... He's, he's not just taking the world and spun it out of his hand and said, go do what you want to do. He hasn't done that. Everything, all things still work together for the good of those who love God. God's still omniscient. God's still omnipresent. God's still omnipotent. He is God. He's in control. By him, all things consist. And uh, so we can be assured that nah, we don't have to sit and wring our hands. Oh, what are you going to do? Oh, the devil is so real. And people are so mean and uh, and ungodly. And our country is going to hell in a handbasket. Oh, woe is me. What's that? No, 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 no. No. Put your eyes on the clock. Say, he's coming soon. And put your heart into a place of worship and thank him and praise him for his goodness and his mercy and thank him that he knows exactly what he's doing. He knows exactly how to do what he needs to do. Everything's under control. Praise God. Isn't it wonderful we serve a wonderful God who is in control? I thought also uh, it's going to it's going to get worse. Verse thirteen of the same text says But evil men and uh, seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. I thought, my, things are getting worse. I think about, even as a young man, me growing up, and uh, and what it is today. Uh, it's just unbelievable, the wickedness, and horrendous, terrible, immoral lives that people live, and their, and their ignorance of what is good and right. It's hard to... Even see, do they really understand good and bad? Do they, you know? But people are living terrible, wicked, hellish type lives, and uh, and it's only going to get worse. 
I got good news for you. It's going to get worse. But think about this. The worse it gets, the better it gets for us. Well, what do I mean like that? Well, first of all, the worse the world gets, the better the church gets. Our church is having a special uh, Saturday afternoon get-together fellowship and and uh, of, of the saints of God. And it's going to be a lot of fun. We'll get together with God's people and the pastor and uh, we'll we'll enjoy an afternoon and evening of fellowship and food and fun and and uh, sharing with each other the things of God. And uh, that and today, you know, I got some of the most wonderful people in the world are the people who love God and are serve, serving God. I thank God for every one of the Christians. To me, I thought all these years the best, the 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 worst Christian I've seen is still better than the best sinner it's just wonderful to be with god's people and encourage them and help them and and uh, enjoy their fellowship and so on so i'm thanking god that today is a the worse the world gets the better the better the church gets and that the, the worse sin gets you look out and you say oh how people mess up their lives i'm telling you it's just terrible how they mess up their bad decisions and so on, and they ruin their families, ruin their homes, ruin their jobs, ruin their health, and everything. But I thought, no, the worse sin gets, the greater grace gets. Oh, yeah, see, uh, Jesus, Jesus is sweet, and his the grace is so wonderful. He'll save anybody, anybody, he'll forgive. And grace will abound where sin abounds. God is greater than all uh, his mercy and his grace is greater than all our sins. So we can just say, praise God and thank God for his goodness. I thought it's the worst the, the worst the devil is going to do. The devil's going to stoke up the fire more and more and more and more and more and more. But you know what? Living with Christ and walking in the Spirit and knowing the Lord and having his wisdom and his guidance and his power through the Holy Spirit and living the, the, the Christian life is far greater, far greater and uh, then how the devil is destroying lives. So I thank God for that. Now, I think about the circumstances. Of, if if all things keep going like they are and these scriptures continue to be fulfilled, there's going to be a lot of bad circumstances come into our life. But I got news for you. The, the worse the circumstances are, the better the promises are. Somebody told me one time that a trial is when your circumstances seem to prove the uh, promise of God untrue. But, oh, no, no, the Bible says all the promises of God are yea. They're all yea. Praise God. And I thank God the promises get sweeter and sweeter and the more difficult and darker. You know, I preached a sermon a little while ago on, on the midnight hour. You know, the midnight is, is at the end of one day and the beginning of another. So every circumstance, no matter how dark it is and how much of a midnight hour it is, there's a new, new opportunity to trust the Lord and to walk with God and to love the Lord and see God work in your life. And not only that, but you know, a midnight hour is not the darkest part of the day. Say, no, it's not. It's, it's, but it, we know this, that we don't. We do know if God doesn't do something, it's going to get a whole lot, whole lot more dark than it is. See, it's going to get darker and darker because circumstances can really overwhelm us. But in the midst of all that, just think, God is there. He is the God who understands and knows and sees all things, and He can take care of us even in the darkness of the hour. And then, thank God, I noticed here it says that um, 
in verse 14, but continue thou in the things thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast uh, learned them. You know, as I pastored for 40 years, I marveled at so many people that seemed like when the more trouble they got in, the worse they got, and the more they got away from the Lord. But Hebrews says, Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as a man of salvation, especially as you see the day approaching. This is a time to get in church. This is a time to serve God. This is a time to walk with God. This is a time to enjoy God and, and keep your eye on the clock. Keep looking up. Hey, keep looking up. God sending His Son soon to get us. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Gleanings from the Bible. If you'd like more information about Dr. Schindler or if you'd like to contact him, please visit fredschindler.org. That's F-R-E-D-S-C-H-I-N-D-L-E-R. And again, thanks for listening.